0: One, welcome to uh, the Ask the Coach Show, episode 31. I'm Jeff Plum from Ping Skills and with me, as always, is Super Coach Alois Rosario. Welcome, Alois. Hi, Jeff. Thank you. Um, another great day. Certainly is, and we've got a good um, PingSkills question today. But first, we need to answer yesterday's, which was: Should you beat an opponent 11-0 if you can? What are your thoughts, Alois? Are you ruthless?
1: Ah, oh, yeah, it's a it's a difficult one. I think it just it depends a lot on um, your opponent and what their attitude is. You know, like if they're if they're quite easygoing and um, um, you know, they yeah, they're not that competitive. Then maybe it's all right. You know, just to maybe play a little bit easier sometimes. Um, but personally, if some if I was playing someone and it was ten nil and they just gave me a point, it's, I don't know, it's sort of, um, it, it's a bit hollow um, anyway for me, you know, like, I know that they've given me the point, so, yeah, there's not really much, um, much point to, point to them doing it. Um, yeah, if if you're doing it yourself, I think you, you really need to try and read the situation a little bit.
0: Mm, interesting, yeah, I kind of tend to agree. I kind of think if you can beat them 11 nil, there's probably nothing that wrong with it. I once saw a top player, he was in the old system up to 21, he was up 20-nil, um, his opponent served him and he just deliberately just smashed it straight into his own side of his table, or not smashed it, but just put it into his own side of the table and it was really obvious that he was just doing it only so the other guy got a point, like he didn't even try and disguise it at all and I just thought that was terrible and disrespectful and worse than actually beating the person 21-nil, so I kind of tend to think it's all right, Um but that's just my opinion. A lot of other people think you should give them the point. We found out yesterday in the comments it was a bit of a mixed response. But that brings us on to the uh, Pincers question of the day today, and that is, and it's a very controversial topic: should pimple and anti-spin rubber be banned? Oh, see what people think. Um, this got raised in the rules question um, a couple of times, so. Leave a comment, let us know what your thoughts are and we'll tell you our thoughts tomorrow. Okay, so let's move on to the questions. Um, So the first question is from Thomas and Thomas says, I've read your answers regarding durability of rubbers and they're focused on the surface layer. What about the sponge? Could I assume that the sponge is still okay if the surface is not worn out, Thomas?
1: Yeah, Thomas. I think um, yeah, the the sponge does take a long time to wear out uh, because it's not um, getting direct contact and friction on from the ball all the time. So the sponge is definitely going to last longer than the um, than the rubber sheet, the the top sheet here. Okay, as opposed to the sponge, it's hard to see the spongy because it's black because it's the Vega Pro. But um, yeah, so so. If the, if the top surface is good, then the sponge is basically going to be fine. So, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's probably the, the simple short answer to that one, Thomas.
0: Okay, excellent. And I guess I have seen, not that anyone would do this, but <laughs> I have seen some people with long pimples actually keep their sponge and take the pimples off and replace the pimples, and it seemed like a very complicated process to actually separate the sponge from the, the rub, top rubber. Yeah um it, it
1: was done quite a lot previously but not yeah not done so much now um the other thing you need to be careful of and aware of is that um some rubbers are approved with certain types of sponge so um you you need to make sure that you're not just putting any rubber on any sponge because then it um it is no longer um, officially approved. So yeah, just
0: so Thomas, yep, just check the top of your rubber as long as it's okay, you are good to go. hope that helps you out. Okay, the next question is from Siddharth, and the question is, when I'm receiving a serve in a forehand, I'm unable to return it. When I chop or push the ball, it goes out of the table or in the net it may be any serve where you need to brush the ball underneath. Do you have any advice to help Siddharth out?
1: Yeah, the, the the push return can be can be a really difficult stroke. It's, it's an awkward stroke, especially on the forehand side. I think the backhand push is a lot simpler and easier to execute. The forehand push can be um, quite awkward. So a couple of things to think about is just the positioning of your elbow. So make sure your elbow is not Flipping around too much when you're doing the push. Keep the elbow nice and steady, and then just using your your bat, your fingers, your wrist, and your forearm a little bit to make that push. The other thing that's really good is to try and get your nose close to the ball when you're when you're making the push. Because when you do that, you get better control. When it's if it's out there, you tend to lose a bit of um, control of what you're doing. So get your nose nice and close to the ball. And, and make the push from there. Um, make sure you've got your bat nice and nice and open too so that you're starting to generate a little bit of your own spin. If you flatten your bat out for that push, then any backspin or topspin or sidespin is really going to take effect and, and fly off that way. Here, you're going to generate a little bit of your own spin and put your own spin on the ball and it's going to um, go a little bit better in the direction that you want it to. So, yeah. Um, so there's a few tips there. And, yeah, uh, good yeah to, uh,
0: And I think the other thing that's going to help, Siddharth, is just more experience with reading the amount of backspin that's on the ball, I guess. Because once you get your stroke right and get that consistent and get nice and close to it, then it's just about reading the amount of backspin that's on the ball.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, good good points, Jeff. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the We've got, yeah, for our premium members, we do have um, a receiving secret section, and that explains to you, um, you know, how to use the angles of your racket as well, Um, but also just take a look at the lesson on the forehand push, because that will give you some good simple tips as to how to execute that forehand push as well.
0: Okay, good luck with that return, Siddharth. The next question is from AT, who asks, I consider myself as a beginner. I played with simple bats up till now. I want to develop my game. What is your suggestion? Should I get a touch or a rook? Yeah. So I, I, it depends
1: on how simple the bat is that you're using at the moment. But if you're using a, you know one of those hard bats or a um, a, a, a bat that you just buy at a um, cheap sports store, um, probably the first step would be the rook. Um, because that isn't too fast. It's got really good control. Um, you'll be able to develop your stroke. So probably if you're still developing your basic strokes, then the rook is, is the, the best option for you. If you have your basic strokes and you, you know, you're quite confident in those, then you can start to think about something like the touch. So the rook is just a, a good basic um, pre-made bat. It's at the upper level of the pre-made bats. Um, whereas the touch then it becomes a little bit faster and then, um, you know, you can get better rubber with that as well.
0: Yes. Excellent. All right. Well, hopefully that helps you out, AT. The next question is from Gary and Gary says, I got a Wally rebounder recently and it's a lot of fun, but I'm wondering if it will actually help you improve your game. I know it's always better to have a training partner, but I don't really have that luxury. So is the rebounder good for um for Gary, Aloys?
1: Um yeah, Gary, the, the um the rebounder or the um return boards as they're often called <laughs> I think I think they're limited in their um usefulness. It's almost like playing up against a wall. It's okay, you know, you start to develop some control and um that sort of thing, but then it's difficult to to get any pattern happening, it's difficult to get the ball coming back to exactly where you want it to when you're hitting it um, continuously, um, and also it, it's a different spin coming off than you would, um, you know, playing against um, an an opponent. Um, as I said, at the really basic level, and again, Gary, you don't have a partner to practice with. It's definitely better than not doing any practice at all, um, but if there's any chance of getting someone to hit with, then I think that's um, way, um, way better.
0: Way better, yes. I've seen a lot of different return boards. Some are just wood, which means that this spin that comes back can be a bit strange, and some seem to have some kind of rubber covering, which may seem better, but then it's hard, like I said, to get any pattern going, because you can't do a backspin, because it won't come back if you have got it at a certain angle and you'd need a top spin. so. Yeah, I'm not quite sure how easy they are to use with when they've actually got rubber on it. Have you had any experience with that, Alois?
1: Yeah, I've used it. I used one once and um after after you get the feel of or how hard you need to hit the ball, you can get the ball coming back to you reasonably consistently, but yeah, it, it is really difficult to control where that ball's coming back to because just a little bit of um, spin on the ball or side spin and the ball sort of kicks sideways a fraction or too much and goes off the table. So, yeah, I mean, again, it's okay. It's good to just... Um, hit with and practice with and just learn some basic um, hitting with. But if you're trying to do any patterns or footwork drills, I think it becomes really difficult.
0: Yeah, so you actually probably need to be a really good player to be able to control that ball to get it back to you if you're doing those patterns.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Excellent. All right, well, that wraps up. Episode 31. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Visit the website, pingskills.com, and sign up for our free newsletter to get free tips every week. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Alois.
1: Thanks, Jeff. See you, Ping
0: skillers. Hope you get some table tennis in today.